Have you heard? Amazon is now hiring for their new site opening soon in New Albany. Be one of the first to take advantage of launching a new career at one of the best workplaces in the world. Being a part of Amazon includes great benefits and competitive pay, plus many opportunities for advancement. So get a new job today and kickstart a new career tomorrow. Learn more about the perks of working at a new Amazon site. Go to amazon.com slash start now. Amazon is proud to be an equal opportunity employer. This is Claudia's O'Reilly Auto Parts story. I had just moved to a new city and barely even knew where the grocery store was yet. When my car wouldn't start one morning, I didn't know who to ask about local shops. But I remembered a name from back home, O'Reilly Auto Parts. I called and they pointed me to a great mechanic just down the street. Now, I feel a little more at home. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And good evening, one and all, and welcome back to the Exxon. My name is Rob McConnell, and for the next four hours, I should say the next three hours right now, but it's going to be four hours uh, in a couple of weeks. For the next three hours, I am your host. I am your guide as together we cross the time-space continuum to the place that I call the Exxon. It's a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And the Exxon comes to you Monday through Friday from 11 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern on the Exxon Broadcast Network and our family of worldwide affiliates and on TalkStream Live. If you'd like to send me an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com on all social media sites, Exxon Radio TV, and our radio website at www.exxonradio.com. Don't forget you can now join our Exxon Radio TV group on Facebook simply by going to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Exxon Radio TV. My first guest tonight, Exxon Nation, is Janet Boye. She is an author of Back in Time Tarot, published by Hampton Roads, Tarot in Reverse by Schiffer Publishing, Naked Tarot, the stripped down sassy advice from the cards. Hmm, we'll have to talk about that one for sure. And 365 Tarot Daily Meditations. And uh, she has also authored a dozen ebooks relating to tarot, oracles, astrology, self empowerment, and authentic living. With her artist husband, Ron, Janet has co created the Snowland Deck and Caught Tarot. 
and with her teen son, whom she homeschools, the Boye Charming Oracle and the Animal Totem Charms Oracle. Janet has been on several uh, talk shows talking about tarot, and um, why don't we just bring her in and start this conversation off. So Janet, welcome to the X-Zone. Rob, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. It's great having you with us. Uh, tell us uh, more about yourself and where did the interest come from in tarot? Oh, good Lord. We'd have to have more than an hour. <laughs> well, you know, I've always sensed a presence of the divine or what mm-hmm. someone would call it. I was raised in a Pentecostal church and I knew things about people. I understood the Bible. I had the whole King James Version uh, read from cover to cover by the time I was in junior high. And, you know, I went and I pursued ministry, actually. I majored mm-hmm. in theology. I double minored in English and psychology. And I was an actual Pentecostal, somebody's got a pastor, with my first husband. But after um, a year of pastoring and seven years of marriage, he succumbed to leukemia and died. Um, I'm so sorry to I, hear that. Yeah, that was, that was rough. Thank you. And I was a widow for a year, mm-hmm. and I thought that... I had gotten ministerial gigs based on my own experience, but I realized quickly that I only got into the door because my husband was the minister and he was a male. So when I was trying to get some ministry appointments Mm -hmm. and positions, I had some men tell me, you know, we will not hire you, even though we ordain women. And it's not that the men we have to worry about, it's the women. And I was like, what? And then when I remarried, and my present husband now, we just celebrate our 19th anniversary. Hey, way to when go. He wasn't, yeah, thank you. And when he wasn't a minister, um, they looked at that weird as well, you know, mm-hmm. as if we both needed to be that way. And so after that, and researching some things about theology and the nature of whether there's a literal hell or not, I finally moved away from traditional Christianity and thus ministry. A lot of my friends and colleagues shunned me, and mm. I was kind of left there alone for a while. But I still had this prophetic gift and this desire to teach, so mm-hmm. I'm thinking, okay, now where's the outlet here? And so I started a website, oh, back in 2000 or something, and within a few years, um, I was sitting at the table with my husband, and I heard a voice say, learn tarot. I actually heard the voice. I've only had an audible, listening, clear um, audience experience twice in my life, mm-hmm. and that was one of them, the first one. And so I told my husband, and he looked at me, and he says, oh, okay. And so I began to learn tarot. And I think it's because so many people are intimidated by psychic gifts just without any tools. Mm-hmm. But tarot helps bridge the gap between the unseen, the symbolic world, the psychic world, and in everyday life. And so it makes people more comfortable. It helps make it more memorable. And the cool thing about tarot is it's portable, portable. It relates to all the cultures in the world, all the things we go through, um, whether it's divorce or sadness or happiness, a birth, rewards for a job well done, school. And so tarot just ends up being a really cool tool that I've used with my prophetic gifts. And um, I'm really enamored with it still after over 10 years in it. Um, why do you think that tarot and other forms of divination are still successful in a in a technological age such as the age that we're in? And instead of just going to the internet and or you know just finding a website that you can find the information on, well, what is the attraction of actually going to a tarot reader? Well, it's funny you ask that because ninety nine percent of my clients are mm-hmm. actually online. 
I have a worldwide clientele that emails me their questions. And a lot of times they ask me, well, do you need a picture of me? Do you need my birthday? And I said, no, I don't need any of that. Just give me a very specific question and situation, and I will draw cards to read for the, for the scenario. And they are amazed at how accurate it is. So um, some people like to look the tarot reader in the eye, I think, and they like the comfort and the validation. The tarot readers almost serve as a spiritual guide, perhaps a substitute as a minister for those who don't feel as comfortable going to traditional churches. And so I think that's why tarot readers and some um, you know, divinatory arts readers are still popular. Plus, people always they want answers. But, you know, um, know it, it, is this a sign that we have a weak society, that they actually ha- cannot take responsibility for their own actions, so they go to an outside source to try and get validation or to get guidance? You are a man like, after my own heart. Like, man, this really, this really tells me that society sucks. Well, you know, people do not trust themselves. Why not? And the way that religion and systems like schools and mm-hmm. even politics are structured, we are taught to listen to your elders. Even the Bible, listen to your elders, respect your elders. I never did. And so, yeah, me neither. <laughs> That's why we're on the path we are too, Rob. <laughs> but um, it, I just think that people are scared to trust themselves because they're afraid of being, quote, wrong. But what happens? And I think a lot of that's religion. If, if, but, you, if you're wrong, you might go to hell. If all right, wrong, but listen. You might miss your right let's, let's be honest. We're we're two adults, right? There's only you mm-hmm. and I and a couple of million people listening right now. <laughs> you know what does this say about? Once again, I'll ask the question. What does this say about society? Are is it the fact that we have been dumbed down, or is it the fact that we now live in a in a society where instant instant information is so accessible to us that we that there are those out there who feel that they do not need to actually work on a problem or you know figure out what to do when to do and how to do it but they'll just call up a a tarot card reader or they'll call up a psychic Uh, they should be calling up a, a psychoanalyst in my opinion but you know like Different strokes for different folks. So what is it? What's the draw? There has to be something deeper in the person's psyche where they are so unsure of themselves. You know, it's nice to blame religion. It's nice to blame the government. It's nice to blame the educational system. But when you come down to it, it's the person themselves that has the problem. And my opinion, by going to non-professionals for help and guidance, is dangerous. It can be, but it's also just as dangerous to follow blindly the crowd. And I don't think technology necessarily has caused that. I think technology and social media has just tapped into the first chakra issues that have always been there. See, there's seven chakras aligning in the spine, mm-hmm. and the, the most base, the root chakra, is tribalism. That's our personal security. Well, humans humans are animals, and animals... And animals, you know, belong together in a hive. They swarm together. So this well, is exactly. nothing new. And, and to, an, to an extent, there's a, see, each chakra has a healthy and a, and a codependent mm-hmm. or unhealthy expression. The healthy parts of the root chakra is tribal membership, support, um, thriving together, uh, providing shelter, clothing, food for the community, things like that. 
But on the dark side of the first chakra is the tribal mentality, the group thing, where somebody does something on social media, and then you see all the hordes of trolls come and just rip them to shreds. Well, well, sometimes they really deserve. Sometimes these people who put the stupid stuff on social media should get torn to shreds. Well, I believe that you can have intelligent discord, discord, discord. Yeah, intelligent discord, (laughs) intelligent discourse, which is the higher Mm -hmm. chakras of the fifth chakra, where you're still expressing yourself and you're still expressing dissent and being a critical thinker and pointing out why you, you think um, the person is being irrational or unreasonable. But I think any time that you, know, you start trying to feed the fire with gasoline by name-calling and derision and condescension, it's just basically the same type of energy, but the flip side. But that's nothing new in society. That's been going on from day one. My gosh, there's plenty exactly. of examples of that throughout history. So why change now? The only thing that happens with social media is it's right. instantaneous. Mm-hmm. Why change now? Because if we don't, we're going to destroy ourselves and the planet. So what do we do? Get rid of social media? No, absolutely not. We start um, ascending through the higher chakras, in my opinion, or we start doing the hard work of introspection, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, people don't want to work on their own issues. And so they go to a tarot reader a lot of times because nine out of ten tarot readers are fortune tellers. They do not have a background in psychology mm-hmm. or on counseling or spiritual coaching, which I happen to, but most don't. And they basically, it's almost like a candy machine. You know, you put in your money. When will I meet my soulmate? Or will I get pregnant this year? Or, hey, how's it look for the lottery? And I even put this on my website very strongly. I am not a fortune teller. I, I'd rather teach you how to fish for yourself rather than feed you a meal. And if you're looking for a quick answer, especially to soulmate-type questions, I am not the reader for you. And so I think people, it, it's, it's painful to be introspective. It's painful to shine the light on ourselves and, mm-hmm. and say, okay, what kind of beliefs do I have that is causing pain in my life? Why do I keep making bad decisions? Why do I keep picking the same kind of guy? And I think, you know, even Einstein said, you know, one definition of insanity is to keep doing the same thing over and over mm-hmm. and expect a different result. Yeah, he did And say I think that. people on one level, they do want to come higher. They do want to improve their life. And a tarot reader might be one person that can do that, especially if they're talented. You know, they are professional, many tarot readers. Professional at what, though? Well, at... Helping a person understand where they're at. See, how can they be itself, profe- how can they be professional? How can they be a professional if they're not a trained professional? If they have not gone through the proper educational system, you know, you you know whether it's a psycho a psychologist, a psychiatrist, a psychotherapist, they have mm-hmm. rules and regulations that they have to they have to play by. They have to be licensed. They have to be responsible to mm-hmm. the. Um, you know, to 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 the people. Whereas a tarot card reader, a crystal ball gazer, a psychic, a medium, a channel, they have no responsibility to anything because they're not licensed, they're not governed. You know, it's a free-for-all. Well, that's true to some extent, but look at how many independent churches out there where they do not have a governing body. Mm-hmm. They are no, they're non-denominational, they're on their own, and yet they are ministering to the spiritual needs of people, and things are thriving for a lot of them. So tarot, you know, there is actually an argument in Mm -hmm. the tarot world about whether or not we should have certification organizations. 
and there are some that are for it and some that are against it. Those who are for it mm -hmm. believe in that type of oversight. And, but the ones who don't say, look, who are you to tell me how to read tarot? Because there are so many ways that you can learn tarot, and right. there's so many ways that you can deliver your knowledge. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of hard to have the oversight. But the one good thing about social media is there are review sites, and um, there's Facebook and Twitter, and so if somebody is scamming somebody, or if there's a poor reader, you can bet someone's going to say it. So in some ways, it's self-policing. All right, yes, but as, with, as, as you well know when it comes to social media, not everyone mm -hmm. reads the same social media feeds. Yes. So there's always another yeah, and, sucker and I, out there who is willing to uh, spend their hard-earned money on this lousy person who is scamming people and should be in jail. It's fraud. Well, I agree. It's deception. Para-readers are reputable and totally agree with you. And that's why, you know, I say on social media, and mm -hmm. so do other tarot readers, they say, here's how you find a good ethical reader. And it doesn't guarantee that you will find one, mm -hmm. but there are some guidelines. For example, look for someone who has had books published through real traditional publishers, oh, because wow. usually those publishers bet the person. Or look at their website. Do they have a testimonial sheet filled with lots of testimonials with actual names and places? So what do you do? You know, do you actually I, check out all the testimonials? Because... A webmaster who has a tenth of a brain can create mm -hmm. a list of fictitious, uh, you know, testimonials. So what does that do? I and the point, and the point that you said about the publisher. Listen, publishers mm -hmm. are like any other business. They want to make money. If they think that an author is coming to them with an angle that they can make money on, believe me, whether they think the author is credible or not, they will publish the book because they will get the money. You're right. And, the, and that's why I said there's a few things you can do that will help narrow down the ethics. Okay, And also there are um, some terror organizations, but mm -hmm. quite frankly, I wouldn't trust any of those. I've seen some of the antics that go through and the politics and stuff, so I can't actually even endorse um, any terror groups, you I'm know, afraid. I, and, I'd like to share a little story with you. Several years sure. ago, about 20 years ago, a good friend of mine, Martin McLean, and I were doing a, a show at the national the uh, the international exhibition center in toronto where there was a a paranormal show and we were doing the exon show from there and it was a sunday morning the last day of this this expo and at the very back was the um the coffee shop for the exhibitors and uh, martin and i walked in and there were these psychics in a little circle saying so how do you think we're going to do today well, wait a minute, you guys are supposed to be psychics and you're asking, how do you think we're going to do today? Don't you think that being psychic, you would know whether it's going to be a good day, a bad day? And how come a psychic or a reader has never hit the lottery? Or how come they haven't found that stock that splits? Like there are too many questions left unanswered that people really don't want to hear the answers to because it takes away from the, the mysticism, the possibility that these readers may have some special power. I mean, besides going into your pocket, getting your cash, your credit card, and telling you what you want to hear. Right. And, and I totally agree with you, and that's why I distinguish myself mm -hmm. as not being a, a fortune teller, because I think fortune tellers are people who deal with those get-rich-quick stuff. Again, the first chakra and the lower chakras, where it has to do with money, survival, 
and things like that. I don't deal with that. Yeah. I'm more like how Jesus was, where he was like, okay, you are here. Let me show you how you can bridge to where you need to be. And so, you know, I can't speak for all, all the scam artists out there because, sure. you know, there, there are many. Mm-hmm. And it's unfortunate. And But I'm not the type of person that, you know, tries to pull out lottery numbers or tries to advance my material um, position mm-hmm. with my gifts. You know, I'm trying to help other people understand where they're at and help them go from point A to point B and mm-hmm. to understand what, where they keep getting snagged up in their life. That's my personal specialty, okay. is to helping a person understand where their limiting beliefs are mm-hmm. and their assumptions so that they can get to the root, deal with the belief system. Tarot yeah. can help do that by tapping into the universal symbols and archetypes like you talked about and then getting them where they need to be. If you have a gift... Why do you need tarot cards? Well, I don't, personally. Mm-hmm. And like I said, um, you know, I had that prophetic gift anyway, and I found that people were kind of weirded out about it. If, it's one thing if you're in a church setting, mm-hmm. and you, you know, you're known as a, quote, prophet, and you give words to people, or you have that gift as you're teaching, and you point someone out, and you gently give them a word or something. But then what do you do if you're not in the church, but you have that gift? You know, you can't just walk up to people and just say, hey, by the way, uh, I sense this about you. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, there's a sense of ethics there. I can't be a psychic lawyer, but yet what do I do as a person if I have a spiritual calling to help people, but I don't fit in traditional religion anymore? And I don't know why tarot chose me, or I heard that voice that said, learn tarot. I'm trying to make inroads into um, the cards mm-hmm. and the whole system. It's very stodgy. It's very much like rigid religion, and that they're stuck in their ways. They don't like young people come in and innovating with the cards and trying to demystify, as you would say. See, that's what happens sometimes with religious-type people, including in the tarot world. They try to make it mystical and secret, so they make you feel like that they know something you don't. And, of course, then that's irresistible, and you want to pay money to see what they know. And I think that's why, you know, the Catholic Church you know, wanted to keep the Mass in Latin for the longest time, where there was such a backlash when they wanted to translate scriptures into, you know, Latin and English. Because God forbid if the Masses get esoteric spiritual knowledge, and then they can think for themselves, they can diagnose their own spiritual problems, and they can live according to their own values and be hooked up to God directly, as opposed to needing a mediator. And yet, in some sense, you yourself are that mediator now because you are the mediator or the interpreter of the messages that you are seeing through your cards. Instead of the Bible, well, you've got your cards. More of a coach than a mediator. Oh, all right. Think, okay. So you're a coach. So you're a coach. Instead of using the Bible, you're using tarot cards. Well, I use more than tarot. Tarot is actually just the bridge and the jumping off point. Mm-hmm. I use my background um, studying you know, scriptures from various traditions, including the Bible, and um, mythology, and paganism, and philosophy, and psychology, and personality system, which I've studied for years. And I kind of take all of my experience and my knowledge, and it comes to bear on tarot cards. Tarot cards is basically just the jumping-off point. It helps, it's a, a visual bridge for the client to look at and say, oh, okay, I see what you're talking about. You know, it's a starting point. It's an invitation to a further discussion. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a touchstone for 
for me. Now, for some people, some tarot readers, I guess it's the last word. Okay, here's the tarot card. You do as I say, and the client accepts it and then gets picked off when, you know, two months from now, six months from now, it doesn't happen. I even say um, online, too, I, I have an article about spiritual codependency. I said, I don't, want, I don't want you dependent on me. I don't want you to keep coming back to me with the same questions. You know, you be honest with me, specific, and we will tackle this. And I even give them homework. I'm saying, okay, you are not going to get here unless you deal with this, this, and this. And sometimes I lose a client right at that point because they don't want to do the hard, intensive, spiritual and psychological and introspective um, work to become a more aware human. You know, I, I can't understand something. You, you seem to want to help people, and yet you call them clients. Isn't that a bit well, insulting because they're a commodity? They, no, not at all. All right, Ministers isn't there... Get, get a salary from their congregation. No, no, you're missing my... Inti- them- you're missing my... In- all right, if a, if a minister gets a salary from a congregation, they're not called the right. clients of the church, are they? No, they're called congregation members. Okay. Well, what, what, what do I call them? We call them queerants, but see, I didn't want to use a cult-type language and people say, what is she saying? We usually call them queerants. And some, and, um, some people call them spitters, and spitters is from, like, the Theosophy and mm-hmm. the Madame Blavatsky and the Lilydale type of things where right. people would sit and a medium would speak to them. So I try not to use <laughs> occult or in, insider language, you know, things like queerant or that. Mm-hmm. I just say client because the person comes to me and they need something, and I help them. And yes, they do pay me for my you know, experience mm-hmm. and my knowledge, but I don't see them as a commodity. If I wanted to see them as a commodity, I would try to string them along and say, hey, you know, keep on coming to me. But I, I'm very strict about that. I'm like, look, and I put it on my website, I am here to help you spiritually. I am not here to lean on and to be dependent upon. And if you want easy answers, I'm not the reader for you. But where does the line... Where's the line drawn between helping spiritually and using the occult? Well, it depends on your definition. See, occult just means hidden. Mm-hmm. So knowledge that hasn't been readily available until now, you know, has previously been called occult because occult meant hidden. Because, um, you know, some ways, some of the uh, ancient Gnostic Gospels would be considered a, gul- a cult until they were discovered and disseminated. So, you know, it depends on how you define things. A cult, to me, just means hidden. Esoteric is more something is not quite as known and mainstream. And spirituality, again, it depends on what your definition of spirituality is. I think spirituality permeates our whole life. I don't see a distinction between a spiritual life and a physical life. I mean, I believe we're spirits having a physical body. Mm-hmm. And I think to be spiritually whole, you have to address the whole person. Otherwise, you're so spiritually minded, you're no earthly good. So on the one hand, you know, it's kind of like how the Apostle Paul and the disciples talked about doing good works and helping mm-hmm. the widows, feeding the hungry, and what have you. But on the other hand, there is also the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, long-suffering, and things like that. So it depends, you know, philosophers have been debating about what is spirit, how is man divided, if at all, body, soul, spirit, suke, numa, numa things like that. All right, so, Janet. you know, it's just a matter of Janet, semantics. And Janet, please. I have to take my break at the bottom of the hour. Please stand by. Janet Boye is our guest of this hour, Exonation. 
And uh, if you'd like to find out more about Janet, her website is janetboye.com. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. We'll be back after this break and a special feature right here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. And welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. We're coming to you live and around the world from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Janet Boye is our guest, www.janetboye.com. Janet, as being a, a talented tarot card reader and intuitive, when did you first receive the prophetic gift that you use? I really think it was in childhood it manifested, because mm-hmm. I would know things about people, I would sense God, I would sense angels. So I think it manifested at an early age, but because no, but because no one was there to tell me what it was, I assumed it was something that came with the human package, mm-hmm. until I started speaking things I saw, and you know people would gasp or be upset, and then I realized, wait a minute, this isn't always good to say mm-hmm. what I see. So I think it's been with me since gosh, three years old maybe, well, ever since I can remember. Do you think that more and more parents should let their children express themselves and take a take a much more dedicated look at what their children are saying? Well, I've chosen to homeschool personally, mm-hmm. and my son is on his last year. He is a senior. And organized public school... Again, there's that institutionalization where, you know, you all sit in a row, you -hmm. all teach the same things, and it doesn't matter what a person's learning style is, because basically public school was created to feed the industrial revolution, you know, and to just make little workers to do what they, what the people in charge say, and, but I do believe there is lacking in imagination and self-expression. I think it's alarming how public schools are cutting funds to music and art and even home ec. I mean, I learned to sew and cook when I was in junior high. Uh, A lot of the reasons I can recognize famous works of art is because I had a fantastic art teacher that not only taught us hands-on type of things to experiment with, but we our final in that class, I think it was eighth or ninth grade, is we had to identify 100 famous paintings and who did it. And he did it one-on-one, by the way, so there was no cheating. I mean, he would put up a, fr- you know, a picture, sure. and we had to tell him privately who painted it and what the t- title of the painting was. And I think that that is lacking in the arts and Shakespeare, the imagination, playfulness. I think that opens us up to intuition and into empathy and understanding one another. But don't you agree that these are timing changes? These The, the times are changing and that we need to focus on the projects that will create a productive society instead of an artsy-fartsy society? Well, we already have a supposed productive society where there's such a push on math and science, and mm-hmm. what do we have? Well, I think I think technology and society is moving forward instead of backwards. It is, and, and why is art backwards? I mean, art reflects society, art informs culture, art mm. is also a historic testament of what happens. Oh, so you know, is, so is history and archaeology. And if you want to understand the culture of the time, mm. 
you look at what was written, you look at what was painted, and now you know you look at what was recorded as music, and they are strong commentaries and reflections of the time. So art is a way for us to express ourselves, but it also is a way to not only make comments about mm-hmm. you, you know society, but also perhaps create the society that we all like to see in the world. I, I, I don't think understand. To be a more kinder, gentler one. I don't understand how how art would do that. You know, why do we need art? We have cameras. Is camera art, or are we just capturing what we see? We're capturing what we see. Yeah, and but art comes from the soul and from the person. It is generated. I mean, photography can be an art, mm-hmm. but art is something that comes from the soul and the person. It is taking something with your hands and making it, whether it's a chair, right. a quilt, yeah. a song, mm-hmm. a painting, right. a food, yeah. a life. Okay. You can create a life. But shouldn't that be taught at home and not in the schools? Shouldn't the schools be teaching the 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 lessons that will make a person into a better citizen, getting a better job, being able to support his or her family much better, being a better member to society. Well, I don't know. That's not my area of expertise. I'm, you know, I'm not mm-hmm. a professional educator, and you know, I have my opinions about art yeah. and what makes a fine human being. Mm-hmm. But you know. That's kind of out of my scope. I mean, I believe that art, not just artsy-fartsy, I mean, I do believe in logic. Yeah. I do believe, you know, in science and common sense. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, so many people don't even know basic Shakespeare. They don't know literature. They don't even know how to write well because they're so busy texting. They've lost basic grammar skills. So part of art is writing well and communicating well. Whether that is through a paintbrush or a pen or pixels. Well, yeah, I don't understand. I don't. A communication. How does that increase your job prospects? I don't understand. I don't understand what Shakespeare has to do with today's society and how learning Shakespeare will make us a better citizen. We have so many quotes (laughs) and art pieces that are directly Mm. informed by Shakespeare that we probably don't even realize. And do we need to necessarily know where the origin is? No. And I'm not trying to defend learning Shakespeare. I'm just saying I think it's important to have a critical mind, and part of having a critical mind is to understand some literature and to be able to communicate well. And, you know, and plus being able to create makes life better. I mean, art makes life worth living in some respects. I mean, it's a harsh world, a difficult world, and, and art makes life e- easier. It makes it prettier. It makes it more comforting. We, we um, feel like we've been understood. We also have a way to express ourselves, you know, in a constructive way. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm no art expert. I'm not an educational expert. Sure. But I'm just saying that, you know, since you asked, that yeah. I think that art and imagination are very much linked with intuition and tapping into our innate psychic abilities that I think everyone has our intuition. But how do you make that connection between art and psychic abilities? I, I, I can't because understand that. I think that. it's more right brain. Because left brain is mathematical, it's mm-hmm. logical, it, you know, it has rules, it has structures, it's numbers. The right brain, a lot of times, I, I've read studies, I don't know if they're true, but psychics have been in MRIs and they have supposedly been given readings you know, and it's the same areas of the brain that light up as creativity and imagination. So I think it helps us to think out of the box and it helps us question things. Well, you know, do, if we don't have mm-hmm. art, you know, we're not thinking about ourselves. If we're not creating things, we're not pushing our own limits even as a human. 
And it's what kind of art. Well, you know, like I said, it could be um, creating meals. It could be creating furniture. It could mm-hmm. be writing. Well, what do we need? More psychics or more scientists? More doctors and more people who use the sciences instead of the the utopian idea that art is all that we really need? Well, I didn't say it, art was all that we needed. But on the other hand, how many prescription medications have killed people? All right. What's your what's your train of logic with that one? Well, you were saying, do we need more doctors? We need more yeah. science and prescription medication, which is re- regulated, mm-hmm. is a part of that. And yet, it has damaged a lot of lives and it has killed a lot of people. They say prescription medications, um, whether a doctor is misprescribing or you know there's mixed matching, has mm-hmm. killed more people than even illegal street drugs. And, so and, saying, yet, you know, and yet, science, and yet, there have been more people killed in the name of religion than any other. Exactly. Oh, you know, so true. that's so, why I'm, I'm not in a. I'm not a part of religion. <laughs> Do you believe in God? I believe in intelligent design. Mm-hmm. I believe in something bigger than us. I don't know how that plays out. I believe that there is one God, but it manifests in different ways. Mm-hmm. I believe that we all have a spark of the divine in us. Mm-hmm. And the reason why we come to this earth is to expand who God is, because imagine God is this blazing fire, and I think God wanted to experience himself or herself, and so, you know, he, he or her begot creation into darkness so in little flames, so, you know, he would be able to experience him or herself as others, <laughs> and thus increasing the expansion of what God is. So when we look at all the art that has been created over the years, you know, uh, by such greats as Da Vinci, Michelangelo, and mm-hmm. and others, were they lying to us that there is no God? Oh, I don't think so. No, I believe that everybody expresses their own knowledge and their own understanding in their own way. And I do believe that for many people, the mm-hmm. Father God manifestation is very real, and that's fine. If that works for a person, and that framework is what they feel their path is in life, right? You know, as long as they're not hurting anyone or themselves, I have no problem with that. All right, in the Bible, we are told that we have free will. In essence, mm-hmm. when it comes to reading somebody's tarot cards, what you're giving them is is your interpretation of their life based on the cards and your intuitive gift, right? I consider myself more like a weathercaster. I am telling them how the weather is in their life. So Whether they choose to use an umbrella when they walk out the door or whether they use to stand under a tree if lightning's hitting, that's up to them. So basically, if I can understand this right, the person who goes to an intuitive or a tarot card reader or a psychic Mm-hmm. here's the weather forecast of their life or the events that are going to be occurring in a, in a not-too-far-distant future. Am I right? Well, it depends on if the tarot reader is a predictive one or not. Mm-hmm. I rarely do that kind of thing. Okay. I, you know, there's this phrase that says, if you want to know where someone's going to be a year or ten years from now, just kind of see where they've been. Mm-hmm. 
because people don't want to change and they keep those same patterns, nine times out of ten, it's kind of easy to predict where they're going to be, mm-hmm. only because people don't want to change. All right, so but I don't ever try to offer predictive things to them, and I always tell them you have free will. All right, so what do you this offer what your I clients? Here's what your options you get to pick them? What makes you what What do you do different from the other uh, tarot card readers that are out there? Then maybe I should have asked you that question at the very beginning. <laughs> Honestly, I'm I'm not sure because I don't look to, and see what other people are doing. They have so, their own thing, and I do mine. But what happens but if your thing? What happens if your thing is the exact same thing as their thing if you don't actually look and see what they're doing? Well, I see what they're doing, but what I'm saying is I'm not clients of theirs. I see. So I'm not privy to how they are conducting their readings. I mean, there's blogs out there and there's mm-hmm. tarot groups I belong to on Facebook where we, you know, exchange information and we learn the tarot together and we keep it growing in our talents. Mm-hmm. But I think what separates me from um, a lot of tarot readers is the very fact that I'm not predictive. And I'm not a fortune teller. I'm not here, say, cross my palm of silver, and mm-hmm. I will tell you your lottery numbers. I will give you good news. I will tell you what you want to hear. Well, what do I will you, tell people what okay. they want to hear. Well, what, I don't do, do that. I tell them what I see, and then they can choose. Do you give them any hope in a reading that you do? I always try to tinge all my readings with hope. Even if I see some dire situations, mm-hmm. I try to put a spin on it that will somehow allow them to take the situation in their own hands and empower them in some way. If I see perhaps illness, there's no way I would diagnose that because I'm not qualified and I could get in trouble Mm -hmm. with it. And that's what I put on my ethics page. I specifically say, do not ask me for financial information. I am not an accountant. Do not ask me medical information. I'm not a doctor. Mm -hmm. Do not ask me psychological information. Even though that's my, I have a psychological background, I'm Mm -hmm. still not certified. And I say, you know, if you feel like you're suicidal or you're having some severe mental problems, go to the appropriate uh, professional. And many terror readers do have a listing of um, crisis counselors or um, suicide counselors or people that they can put their clients in contact with if it's way above, you know, what they can deal with. But I think what separates me is that I'm more of a spiritual counselor and coach, and I also like to try to get to the root of their belief system. Because I think nine times out of ten, a person's problems stem from their attitudes, their belief systems, their worldviews, and what their expectations are. Because, you know, for every hammer, there's always a nail. And if you're always, and if you're always looking for a fight, you'll, you'll find a way to fight someone. You know what I'm saying? If you're a cynic or you're negative, mm-hmm. you're going to look for things to pick apart and criticize. If you try to be optimistic or empowering, you're going to look for ways to improve yourself or to better your situation mm-hmm. or to step up in life. So when you go after, uh, when you have a client and you're trying to get out to the base of their spiritual beliefs and you act as a spiritual coach in this regard, isn't that the same as being a minister in a non-denominational church? In many ways, yes. But you were against that earlier in this conversation. No, I I was not against that. I encountered sexism and discrimination. (laughs) In traditional religion mm-hmm. and in doctrines that are passed down where there's fear-mongering and a literal hell and things like that. But I think you can still believe in God and still believe in the spirit of the New Testament and Jesus' words and use that, you know. But I also have done readings for atheists. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I can meet people pretty much wherever they're at. I don't know if everybody could do that, but 
I don't discriminate against what, you know, whether a person's gay or straight or pagan, Christian. So what atheist. difference does it make what their religious uh, or spiritual base is then? It doesn't. So why do you try and find out what their religious or their spiritual um, base is? I don't try to find out the spiritual Well, you, you, you said that a lot of the times the trouble is found within their... The beliefs. Well, isn't that... Not, just, not necessarily religious or spiritual. I'm just meaning plain old beliefs and mm, attitudes. I see. For example, let's say somebody thinks that all men are pigs. Okay, so they're going to go out into their life, and mm-hmm. everything that they see are going to be interpreted through that lens. Even, you know, every stray look, every word, every they're going to interpret through that lens. Mm-hmm. If they think that, you know, men are great, they're going to see that. If they think that, just say the same way with racism, if you're against a certain race and you're mm-hmm. fearful of them, you're going to have a certain lens. If So when I say beliefs, I'm not talking religious beliefs. I'm just talking our assumptions that have not been questioned about reality, about what we believe, mm-hmm. what our values are, those kind of beliefs. But aren't you crossing the threshold from being a tarot card reader to actually taking part and acting as a psychoanalyst or a psychotherapist at this point? I wouldn't say because I'm not recommending medication. Um, you know, I'm ask, I'm mm-hmm. just talking to people like a friend. And I do, I am qualified to be a minister. I'm still, I still have my ordination papers. Mm-hmm. So I'm not reaching beyond my expertise and my experience by being a spiritual counselor. But again, if someone comes to me and it seems like they have some severe problems, right. and I get the alarm bells or I see it, I immediately say, you know what, I refund their money immediately and say, I, I really think that you need to see somebody who's skilled in this, like a psychologist or what have you. I never try to give advice in an area that I'm unqualified for or that might be beyond my experience. Then why would it matter what their what their beliefs are, whether it be spiritual or whether it be sociological, if if that's not part of what you do. I, I what part does this play in a tarot card reading? Well I'm sorry, I thought I already covered that. A person believes not just, you throw out even the word religion. Okay. Uh, let's talk about assumptions. Okay. Will guide where they go in life. It's, it's like a steering wheel of a car. It's mm-hmm. like your windshield. Whatever you're looking at is where your life will be steered. What happens if a person has unquestioned beliefs that is steering them in a ditch over and over and over again? For example, why do some women keep picking bad guys? Guys that demean them, that mm-hmm. humiliate them, sometimes beat on them. Why? Because there is a belief system in place there that is that needs addressed, or else they're going to keep repeating that. Just like I said, how Einstein said, insanity is doing the same thing over and over. Okay, okay, I understand that. All right, let's keep to this example about why some women keep on picking the the wrong guys. If you, based on your chat with this person, believe that this is the root of the evil, how would you explain to them to change? Well, what I would do is actually get to the core belief about themselves, Mm -hmm. about self-worth, about what love looks like. Perhaps we might even delve into um, the relationship of their parents. Mm -hmm. 
and things like that. And so sometimes that actually comes out in the tarot reading. Sometimes when there is a father issue, the emperor will come up, the emperor card, which is a lot of times identified with father issues. Mm-hmm. So we would, uh, you know, I would backtrack and to find out, okay, where did this belief start? Because our beliefs start someplace, and it's usually something traumatic uh-huh. or very impressionistic. There, there's a lot of senses that mm-hmm. go along, and it gets anchored into our system, and it becomes a belief, and we don't even realize it's a belief. You know what I'm saying? And so tarot cards kind of help tease out the knots. It takes all the different threads and says, okay, let's see why you're knotted up here. Mm-hmm. And, and it examines each thread for what it is. Is it, a, is it your assumption about what marriage is? Is it your assumption on how you deserve to be treated? Is it your assumption on what love is? Well, listen, I, I hate to do this, but we've run out of time. But I, I must say, it sounds more like a counseling session than it does yes, a tarot card reading. So, so what I you're think doing I am is more of a tarot counselor. So you're doing counseling under the guise of being a tarot card reader. Uh huh. And the problem is <laughs> because you're not licensed to be a counselor. You're you're charging people to be a tarot card reader, not to be a counselor. And I think that I am. I, I, I think that I think I think counselor. that you're I think that you're going outside of your realm of authority, and. Um, I just think it's so wrong. I really do. I'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the Exome from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. My name is Rob McConnell. Don't go away. You can get 24-7 protection, even if you break the space-time continuum. We did it! We time-traveled to yesterday! Wait, Progressive covers us 24-7, but we just created an 8-day week, and it's 24-7 coverage, not 24-8. We gotta go back. Are you joking right now? Shh, I'm calling them. Hi, I have a question about time travel. Progressive offers more than a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, which literally means anytime. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. 